Hi, everyone. Daniel Ramsey here with my Outdesk. Today, we've got another special guest. This is part of a three-part series. So if you haven't seen them all, we're basically showing you guys how to fully integrate a VA into a team with multiple different positions, with multiple different leaders. And it's a very expansive business, meaning multi-state, multi-functional, multi-different types of businesses, all kind of rolled up into one awesomeness. And today... I'm, I'm really excited because Beck and I are going to talk and we're going to go through basically how to actually pull somebody in and make them part of the, we talked about this, part of the family. And so Beck, I'm really excited for you. Thanks so much for being here today. Awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited and we're passionate about mods and RVAs. So yeah. Some background on the team. Uh, first of all, they did thousands of uh, real estate transactions last year. Um, and I really appreciate how integrated their virtual assistants are in their business. So, um, um, Adam, the, the owner of the business, uh, he and I met, I want to say eight or nine years ago, and we've gotten to inter, uh, kind of interview the main listing coordinator, also the, the COO of the team. And today we've got Becca, our controller, um, kind of sharing with us some of her secret sauce and really how to grow and maintain the relationship of having a virtual assistant in your team. I do want to bring up, we've, we've written a book. It's called Scaling Your Business with Mod Virtual Professionals. Now, when we first started with Adam Hergenrother and his team, they were doing three, 400 transactions. Today, they're doing several thousands. They've got multiple business lines. He's speaking and coaching, and he has a very expansive team. So they are the perfect poster child for what we're talking about when you think of scaling your business. And if you stay here until the end, I want to make sure that everybody has a copy of this book because... Um, we put 13 years of our heart and soul into this particular book. Let's awesome. jump back in. Uh, we were talking about your position with the company and how you're the controller. So let's, let's start there and uh, rock and roll. Yeah. So as the controller, my role is to really manage all the finances for our 20 some odd locations. Um, so I do all the budgeting, all the check cutting. I do all the, um, the updating, reporting, um, and I do a lot of the human resources for her group as well. So we've got 30 some odd employees um, across um, 20 some odd states. And so I do all the banking, all the financials, all the profit and loss statements and all of that. So that's my role with her group. Wow. And, I coach her, and I coach, I coach um, a lot of our leaders as well. That's awesome. What are you coaching your leaders in just so we have an idea of what you're, what you're up to? Yeah. So I think it's, a, it actually, it's more, it's what we call conscientious coaching. Um, it's part of Adam, Adam Hergenrother training organizations coaching program. And it's really based on what does each individual person need at the time and looking at them holistically and taking their business and their personal life and their finances and their goals and really all mapping it into one coaching program that covers them as a whole human. Um, a lot of times people will coach you on just real estate or just finance or just health. And our goal on conscientious coaching is really to just take the whole human human mm -hmm. and really humanize that experience and train them and coach them um, mm -hmm. as a full person and seeing how all the little dots connect to help them become successful because you can't, you know, you can't climb a mountain if you don't know you're climbing a mountain, you know, you might give up because you don't know you're climbing a mountain. But if I show you right. that that's one step in front of the other, we'll get you up a mountain, then we can work towards getting you up your, you know, to your goals over your obstacles and things like that. 
And I know that's a big part of your guys' brand. It's part of your culture, your brand, um, what you guys do for everyone in your organization. Um, how have you guys translated that to your virtual assistants with my outdesk? Yeah, so any training that we have in our organization is open to our VAs. So if you're a virtual assistant in our organization and we're running a training class that you want to attend, hop on. Yeah. Um, you don't have to put in extra hours. You don't have to be unpaid for that time. Mm -hmm. um, if we're going to pour into our staff that way, like our stateside staff, that's the same for you as a virtual assistant in our company. There's, so what I would say is there's no difference in our organization from being a, what we call a stateside employee to being a virtual assistant. Yep. You are given the same um, benefits. So training is one of those benefits. Coaching is one of those benefits. All of our VAs coach with our director of client care. Mm -hmm. um, so she meets with them at least once a week. Um, there's group meetings that they're on as well. Um, yep. So you know, if, if you are on our team, coaching applies, training applies, and also we send them to ModCon too. So your annual event for virtual assistants that happens in the Philippines, we send them if they want to go. Um, we will, we will help them to go to ModCon too. I love it. And ModCon for everybody that's listening, we do two events a year and, um, as a company and what we want to do, cause we are virtual, um, and we always try to run contests and have like games and throughout the year. But ModCon is the one place that we have over 1,200 people every year converge in one resort. We run trainings. We do team building activities. We eat a meal together. We, I mean, we have bands come. And the, the idea is it's 100% for our virtual professionals to meet everybody, to know who their, their folks are on their team and really build that in-person relationship, which is so powerful and so, so positive for our people. So that when we're virtual, we know who they, each other, you know, we just know each other. Right. Um, so I love that you guys are doing that. Um, I wanted to also, you, you said that you don't treat them any differently. Um, so I want to dive into that because this is a VA relationship conversation. It's like how to actually cultivate that relationship, have them part of the team and have your business be able to grow and scale with a virtual team. So how, how, what are some things that you guys do to keep them kind of connected? So our company has, um, unlimited, uh, vacation and sick. So we, we, we don't monitor people's hours. And if you need to take some time off and you need to go do something with your baby, um, everybody stateside, you know, you just have to get your job done and you know, you can modify your schedule. Same thing goes for our VAs. If you need to take your child to the doctor, if you're having a baby that's sick or, you know, you don't feel good, take the time off um, and yeah. you can remove, you know, you can find another time or do a little extra hours tomorrow, whatever that looks like. So that's one. Um, we, we are not going to penalize someone for having a sick family member or things like that, or just because they're hourly for us. You know, I don't say you have to work eight to four. If you need to work seven to two or you need to work off hours, that's fine. It's just about getting the tasks done and being communicative. Um, so that's number one. Well, um, hold on, hold on. I want to break that down because Becca, you were the number two um, employee there. So you understand what it's like to be, have a small team. And many of our clients, about half of them are running small, you know, the husband wife teams or, or yeah. they've got one or two team members. Um, you know, the other half are large teams like you guys. 
So when you're small, how do you build that? How do you make it so that people can have a flexible when you're like, as the owner, maybe I need you or in your case, maybe I need, um, <laughs> where'd you go? <laughs> you jumped out. Um, so how do you do that when you're, when you're a medium or a small business? So I think my answer to that is actually really simple. It's you have to create an environment where your virtual assistant wants your business to succeed as much as you do. So if you are, if you are showing them that it's their business, it is our business, it is our team, you are part of our company, we value you in the same way that you hopefully value us, it happens organically. What I see what the breakdown is, is when I employ you because it is cheaper for me to have you. And that is a lot of the reason why people use virtual assistants is there's this cheaper mentality. Therefore, because we pay less, we can treat them differently. And I don't agree what I don't agree because these people that we hire have stayed with us six, seven, eight years and they they don't want to leave. So what we're doing works because they want to stay with us. They're not unhappy they very rarely will you have to do an intervention on our part at all with our yep. people. We do it all on our own. Yep. You know, we don't need mods to have a conversation with our people. We don't need you guys to, to do that for us because we've invested in them. They know it's their business, our business, we're in business. And if you treat everyone the way you would treat someone, if they were like, if you, we also hide behind email a lot. So when you have a virtual staff, you email them or you ping them on Slack or you send them a voice note or, you know, you don't really get face to face or, or arm to arm with them. It's really easy to send off hateful, harsh, mean things over the internet because you don't have to look that person in the face every day. Yeah. Well, we do a Zoom. So we are looking at you. We are looking at your face. We're, are, we're delivering right. information in a way that, I can see if it hurt you, or I can see if you're sad. I can see if you're mad. Right. And that changes how you work with someone um, when you're not when you're when you're able to be belly to belly with them. And that is how I believe, even in a small company, actually even better in a small company because you can spend more time with this person. Yeah. Uh, that you can invest more in them when you're smaller too. You give them extra time because they're all you have. And yep. if you they're all you have, you'll give them more of your time. Well, I love it because you you basically jumped into our next piece of this conversation, the VA relationship, where systems have a big part in the conversation. You mentioned Slack, uh, Zoom, chat, voice, you know, maybe a text message. What are all, I mean, I'm assuming that's primarily your communication channels. Is there anything else? Like, how do you communicate, you know, performance? How do you monitor, you know, whether they're doing a great job? I guess, what are the systems that you use to help manage the VA relationship? So typically what I will also say is one leader for your VA is probably pretty key. Um, What I see a lot of times is VAs will be given 15 people that they report to and people can't understand why they're confused. Well, right report to 15 people or I'd be confused. So I don't know why we think just because they don't work in our room that they're not going to have the same basic needs that we all have. So start with one point of administrative contact. Who is going to do their evaluation? Who's going to give them critical feedback? Who's going to be their go-to when something isn't working, they need to ask a question. So I think first and foremost, give them a person, give them Mm -hmm. a who. Mm -hmm. Um, That's number one. And then 
also working on, you can't, you can't just always deliver them bad information. So, you know, if you're doing a good job, I tell you. If right. you're doing a okay job, I tell you and I give you a solution. Um, if there's a continual issue, we'll do the same thing we would do with any other employee. We'll put you on a PIP plan, you know, a personal improvement plan. We'll teach you. We'll show you. We'll train you. We, whatever we would do to a new hire, we'll do with you. So yeah. I think that's the big key is one person. And then the next thing is going to be you can't always just tell them the bad stuff. You know, you have to praise people, learn how they, what's their love language? You know, what, what right. fills their pockets is, you know, for one of our people, Carissa, kind words go hundred miles with Carissa, yep. 100 miles. Whereas time off for one of our VAs was the biggest thing we could ever give her. Understanding that she had a baby was the biggest thing we could give her. So what's their love language? What's their, what's the way to win with them and learning those things and then navigating them accurately with each person through one person. Yeah. Well, and I think you guys, um, due to your size, they also feel like a team together, right? The virtual team. Like, so they have a lot of resources and I would almost say like a buddy in your business. Another thing that we help clients do is like, there's always a boss, a direct report. There's typically a job description or an outcome. And then you, you want to give them into a feedback loop where you're talking to them on a regular basis and providing them, you know, solutions, like you said. But another thing that people overlook is just a buddy, somebody in the place that they can like, hey, this happened to me and I can't believe it. What did you do when that happened? You know, and a yeah. non-direct report buddy, you know. When we were when we were small, we would do that with my out desk. So yeah. if we only had one VA, we would use our connection at the at my out desk to do yeah. that. Yep. And we would say, okay, hey Mexi, like how do we how do we convey this in a way that better makes sense? Because we're not we're not getting through. Yes. What is this? And Mexi would help us. Mexi would step in and she'd talk to them. And then she'd say, you know, I just needed to word it more what they're used to hearing here. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. Can you yep. teach me how to do that so I can do that? Now that we're bigger, um, one of our VAs who, Carissa, who's been with us the longest, and I think she was on your last um, video, yeah, that if was. people want to watch the series, you can meet Carissa. She's now our lead VA. She's right. training and consulting our other VAs. So she's had a growth opportunity in our organization too, mm -hmm. where now we're training her for leadership and giving her more skills and responsibilities. But now that we have an internal buddy. Right. Where, so she's been with us long enough and been through all the transitions with us right. that she can do that coaching and consulting with our folks. Yep. What would it, um, what, what's cool about that is um, you mentioned our customer service team. So every new client, when they come in, they get like, oh, not a buddy, but somebody in our organization who can help you navigate the cultural differences. One thing that our clients don't um, naturally know when they first start is our culture is me, 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 me. Um, I won, I'm the guy or the gal in your case, who's doing it, right? That's our culture. In the Philippines, the number one thing is the team. Mm -hmm. It's more about we than I. And so that's a huge cultural difference. I mean, we've had people like go, oh, I totally get it when they hear that. So it's, it's, it's a really important thing. There is a cultural difference. We have folks that'll help you navigate that, but you know, it's, it's, um, it's fun to learn these things, right? It is. I think the other thing that we learned very quickly was what we think is obvious because yep. we've been in real estate for umpteen years mm -hmm. isn't obvious to everyone. 
Right. So what we had to learn was when we get a new VA, we're not giving them highly critical thinking opportunities. We're not asking them to critically think and, and judge and make judgment calls and, and, and do things that are non-task related. Yes. Now, Kurt is allowed to do that because she's been with us seven years. And she's, she's earned the right. Right. Yeah. Everybody else is pretty checklisted based because yes. they're newer or that's where they are. And that's actually what the plan is for a lot of, of your virtual folks is to start in a more checklist based opportunity, unless they've already been with my outdesk for a long time, worked in a couple of different teams. But if this is their, your VA's first experience being a virtual assistant, start them where they can succeed. Don't put them in an opportunity to fail right away. Asking them to understand real estate that you only know because you've been doing it for 15 years. Well, it's so interesting. It's so great that you're saying this because we have clients every day. We we do um, we add about 50 to 75 new virtual assistants to businesses across the U.S. every single month, and we every day talk to somebody and they're like, I need to try this new thing. So we have these guys and they're like, we want to try this new thing and we want your people to do that. I'm like, that's not going to work. You know, system and process. If you have a system and process in place, if you're willing to document it with video, that's another big win. Um, I don't know if you guys are doing that, but a lot of our clients use, yeah, a lot of our clients do the play, pause, do, which is a huge thing. You can play the, you record your screen, doing the task, share that with them. And now they have a, a resource so they can hear the what, why, and when to do, to do that task. Um, what else you is local? If you had somebody local, you probably wouldn't release a task to them until you were sure they were proficient in it. But for some reason, we think we can release all these things to our virtual staff without making sure they're proficient in it. So you've got to be inspecting what you expect from them, just like you would any other employee. So I think it's really funny. I don't know why it is. I see this happen in my coaching and I used to coach yep. people at virtual staff. I'd say, you also have to own when it's your fault. Yeah. Like, did you give this new employee the same time that you would give a person sitting side by side? Probably not because you can't hear their frustration. You can't see them struggling. So yep. you don't jump in. Um, and that's also a cultural thing too, is the VAs are great about asking for help. They ask a lot of questions and some people are frustrated by that. That's mm. also their culture to yep. ask a lot of questions, make sure it's accurate before they start. So you've got to be prepared for what time do you have to have for them when you hire someone new? Well, and I think that's a big deal. Um, I tell people if, if you need help right now, like next week, you shouldn't hire a virtual assistant because there's a learning curve and you know, it's a, the first 90 days before you start seeing real value. How long in a, in a position that you guys have, if you hired a new person, how long before you see value value in that role? I'm just kind of curious. So in our newer days, when we were smaller, yeah. um, I with you. It was probably in 60 days. They were taking tasks, but we weren't feel, feeling their full benefit for like 90 days. Right. What I would say now is now that we know how to write a checklist for mm. someone who's not in this industry, all of our checklists are built such that anybody can come in now. So we see actually people getting up and running within 30 days until those weird wonky things that happen that only happen once a quarter or once a year or whatever. Right. But in general, we got better. So I, I think that, I think the assumption is that they didn't do well. We got better. Our checklists are better. Our systems are better. Our coaching is better. Our consulting with them is better. Mm -hmm. um, we had to get better too. We mm -hmm. had to realize how to have virtual staff 
And now that we know, we get really efficient results earlier than most people because we've been employing people for almost 10 years. Right. So now we know. And what we didn't know, we fixed. Well, what's interesting is I, I love this and I'm curious how much of your growth, because you guys have had massive growth since we've been, you know, in, a, in this relationship together, how much of your growth do you think is directly tied to the systems and processes and coaching that you guys have? Like, would you say half of it, three quarters, a quarter, or what's the, you know. With, with our PA staff or with in general? Just in general. I think it's important. It's an important point. Yeah. So I think, so when I first started with her group, we had four locations Yep. and I was the only staff um, and we had one virtual assistant. So a virtual assistant, me and four locations. Love it. Um, now we have 31 staff, um, four VAs and 20 some of the 22 locations. Yep. Um, so the math, <laughs> I think, I mean, the math's in there and that growth, I mean, from four to 22, I mean, that was all system systemic. It was all systems. It was all processes. So I would say at least 50% of our growth, at least, yeah. has been through systematized growth of our systems, models, and tools, and really a focus on people. Um, about five years ago, we just started hiring both virtual talent and, and stateside talent at a different level. It, was more, it, was, it became less about um, experience or output and really looking at culture fits. Mm. Um, and all of our virtual staff right now are culture fits. They work really hard. And I'm being honest, if they are scheduled to work 12 hours and they have to work 14 and they don't care, yeah. they'll put those extra two hours. They don't care. Not because we ask them to, but because they care to. And that's the culture fit we're looking for in any employee, whether virtual or stateside. Right. What, um, for people that are listening, what advice would you give them to building that VA relationship and integrating them into their work family? What, what, what would you say the most important building blocks are for that? Get to know them personally. Um, I know the names of all of our VA's family members. If I don't, someone, so like Carissa is the one I've worked with the most. So I know a lot about her. Um, but we know their families. Um, we know their situation. So I'll give you another example. Um, the Philippines has some wonky weather. And one day we, Carissa emailed us or I don't, maybe it wasn't Carissa. It was one of our VAs emailed us and said, we're in the middle of a typhoon and there's some water in my house. So I could be a little delayed. We can't find out she was sitting on a counter with 16 inches of water still working. Yes. And we say, can you be safe and please go somewhere else, like take care of you. So get to know them, get to know them as a whole human um, yep. and also get to know their goals, their likes, their, um, and what's important to them and celebrate them. So we got a really stunning email from, um, from Carissa sharing that what her opportunity working for us has been allowed her to do for her family. Yeah. And we share them what their hard work has been able for us to do for our agents. So we share with them our, how proud we are of them and what they've allowed us to achieve there. And we celebrate their wins with them, mm -hmm. um, offer them all the same opportunities, days off, paid days off, um, you know, uh, raises. We give them raises, you know, just like we would give others. If you've earned it, you get a raise. Yes. Um, and also, if you know them really well, we had one VA that worked for us where all of a sudden she was a rock star. She'd been with us six years and all of a sudden she started dropping the ball a little bit. 
And so I had a really great conversation with her. And I said, you know, can I be blunt with you? And she said, sure. I said, I don't think you're passionate about this anymore. And she was really hurt and upset. And um, we ended up replacing her. And she emailed me, I mean, Facebooked me about a month later and thanked me for profusely because she went and started her own company. And she opened a restaurant Uh in the Philippines Uh that is a game night where you go and play games in a restaurant. And I couldn't be happier for her. I, did I want to lose someone that we had poured six years into? Yeah, I did because I care about her and I cared about her growth as a human being and I wanted her to be happy. And if she's happier running her own business and we trained her and coached her and helped her get there, I find that a win. I'm not going to, I don't own her. I don't own anybody. And people do believe they own virtual staff. We don't own them. We are lucky to have them. And that is truthfully how we feel. We are so lucky to have the four VAs we have right now. I love it. What, um, what, how would you tell somebody to get started? Like, what are the things that you would kind of get prepared to build that VA relationship? Cause a lot of our clients come in and just know they need help. I'm like, I'm scrambling. I don't have any time. I need some help. What do you got for me, Daniel? You know? And I'm like, ah, it's, it's one of those challenges. So how would you help one of our people get ready to implement virtual assistance into their business? That's probably the best question you've asked me, honestly, because huh. the, the answer is pause. The first thing I'm going to tell you to do is pause and reflect. What do you really want this person to do for you? Yes. They can't do your laundry. They can't do, you know, the things that you might want them to do. You know, what is it you really need them and want them to do? Do you have a system built around those things that they can at least execute on? Mm-hmm. If not, you're not ready. Right. You're just not. And, and I'll be honest with you, you have to know what you want them to do first. They got to, you know, and then start there. Then what I want you to do is write it all down if you don't know. Because mm-hmm. sometimes if you were to come to mods and my desk and say, hey, I need a VA who can go through my database, comb through it. They need to know Boomtown. They need to know KW systems. You guys can find that person. But if you don't know that's what you need, then you're not going to get the right person. So find what you need. And then maybe someone can help you build the system. But if you don't know what they're going to be doing first, your success partner can't help you find the right virtual assistant for you. So have your job description ready, have it ready, and then be really transparent. You know, I need someone who can, knows that I'm only going to be able to give them one hour a day. I need somebody more experienced or something like that. So I think that would be big is being able to give, to get success out of someone, you have to get the right someone and the right who, and the more you know about what you want to leverage out and how you, how you work as a human, Mm -hmm. then I guarantee you my outdesk can find you the right person. You just have to know what you need first. One, uh, we're about to wrap up. I really appreciate your time today. If you're listening live and you wanted to ask any questions on Facebook or Twitter or anywhere on our social feeds, um, do that. We're going to follow up with you. If you're here with us right now and you have a question for Becca, now is the time to throw it in the chat or the questions. Um, And I think what's interesting about this entire process and your position particularly, is that finance is always one of those areas that people get nervous about. And so, Mm -hmm. I wanted to get your perspective because we have a ton of teams. You're a controller and and like the area of controlling money and results and all that makes people nervous. So, I'm curious, Mm -hmm. what exactly would you have somebody 
um, in the finance world help when you're a medium or small business? Are you ready to take on that expense? Because these are people that you are employing that live off the funds you pay them. So make sure you're ready to keep someone. You have enough work for them, you know, that you're ready. Um, That would be number one. Number two, make sure that the time you're willing to pour in, you're not going to feel bad about monetarily losing doing something else. Um, And then inspect what you expect. If you expect results, inspect them. Um, These are, these are people working for you. You have the right to, you know, a checklist or a results email, have them. I mean, our our VA send emails every day uh, telling us what they did, reporting where they're at, telling us their successes and failures, telling us how they feel about their job every day. Um, Because we do that because we want to make sure that they're happy, but we also want to make sure we're getting the results from them that we, we expect. So, and fiscally, I would say, if you are ready to hire someone, but you don't have the time to train someone or you don't have the time to spend with them, you need to still pause and, and you find those things first because this investment is worth every nickel that you're going to, ins- that you're going to spend because I do believe they'll find you the right person. They've always, we've only had one person not work out with us because they were a bad fit and it was because we didn't we didn't have the right job description made up for that person. It was so not on the person. It was in eight years, one bad person. One. In, yeah. I can remember one, one that we, we, we all realized it was a mutual bad fit and the rest have stuck with us. We've had six years, seven years, five years, six years, long-term hires for us. I love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, just make sure you're ready because it is an investment in time and time is money. Right. So, right. You've got to have that money, but you'll get every nickel um, out of what you're spending. And if I can be even really, really blunt with everybody, I've never seen harder working people than our four VAs. These guys are workhorse, power horse workers who love our company and love us. And um, their commitment is, is amazing. So I, I do believe that you will get someone and MyoDesk will help you find the right person to do that for you. I love it. We, we got a question from Facebook and funny sure. enough, it's exactly the question I wanted to ask you because you're the <laughs> controller. So I've been holding on to this and you know, we did a three part for everybody that's listening who maybe just jumped in. We did a three part series. So uh, this is a large organization with multiple locations, multiple business lines. So we interviewed multiple um, leaders within the, the team as well as one of their lead virtual professionals on the team. So we, we got a chance to do all of that and you can see the whole series on either our YouTube or on our Facebook page. And it's a really good thing because if you're thinking about long-term building a business with multiple virtual assistants, then this, this is what you should listen to and kind of wrap your brain around it. Um, but my question, because you're the controller, what's the return on investment? Really? If you had to, if you had to hire these folks in the U S and you had to support them with benefits and all the things. I mean, we give our people benefits just to be clear um, mm-hmm. with vacation time and benefits. But if you had to do it yourself, uh, yep. what's, what do you think the return on investment is? So I'll give you these numbers. I just did the math because I knew it was coming down to a math question. Uh-huh. I just, I was literally writing it down on my, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a math question. So um, 
to hire somebody stateside with benefits and all this with the level of work. And most of our VAs work 12 hour days. Yep. Five days a week. Plus they'll throw in overtime and they really don't care. So most stateside employees wouldn't do that. But so we pay about 18 to 19 grand for a starting out VA mm-hmm. yearly, 40, over 40 hours a week. Yep. Um, and we give them paid days off. So it's a little higher for us because we give them all the paid days off and we give them vacations and whatever not. Um, we would pay roughly if we were to hire them in Vermont where our home base would be, we're looking at at least 30 to $40,000 of cost, including health insurance, uh, taxes. Um, and that's hiring a, an, an emerging talent, someone who has never been in this industry before. So if we wanted someone with more experience, like someone like when we got Carissa, Carissa had experience in this field, it would yep. be different. So we're seeing at least a $20,000 per hire uh, savings per VA. So it's so. a 50, 50 to 60%. And that's not factoring in the, the need for an office. You'd have the to result. buy them. Yeah, you'd have to buy them a, a laptop and Computers, phones. laptop. Yep. yep, you start throwing and, that stuff and, and like the uh, the HR stuff. So my desk does all of the payroll, the the HR stuff, you know. The other thing is the legalities of hiring someone out of the country and, and using, you never know what you're going to get. You don't know where your money's going. There's all kinds of legalities of your own business yep. um, and what it would cost you to do hire VAs or hire stateside staff. So. And then we didn't even factor in results. So most stateside employees would struggle in the role that we put our VAs in because it is so task-based. It is literally like database management, task-facing. And a lot of people don't love those jobs. And so our VAs love this work and they're happy with it. And they're so thankful for what we give and do with them that 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 is enough. That is not normally how you have employees in a job like this. We'd have to throw them growth opportunities that have to be places to move up, raises, step ups, travel, lots of different things that while we would be happy to give them to a stateside employee and we do, um, the turnover rate I think would be way higher. I don't think anybody in stateside would stay in this role six years like we get the VA. So it's uh, basically it's helped you grow and scale your business, not had turnover in a very important role. Um, and all the while saved you 50, maybe up to 70% when you add in all the extra stuff. Yeah, at least 50 for sure. And you got to remember we have four people. Yeah, I love it. So. Um, so if you're listening right now, we're going to wrap up. Really appreciate you being here, Becca. Um, if you're listening, I told you at the beginning, we'd give away a free copy of the book. Um, we've linked all of our um, social channels in the notes. So if you wanted to watch previous interviews, you can check them out. Um, but to get the book, all you have to do is text SVP, so Scale with Virtual Professionals, to 31996 and we'll get you a free copy. It's electronic copy. You can buy it on Amazon if you'd like. The notes are right there um, in the recording. Becca, thank you so much for your time. What one thing would you like to leave the audience with or what? how would you like to end today? And thank you again so much. I know your time is really valuable. Really appreciate how you love and care and you create these relationships with, uh, with, with these virtual professionals and really change their lives. That's what's so impressive about sure. you guys. 
Um, and actually, there's two things I'll end with. Number one, I'm sorry for my technology. So there's three things. One, I'm sorry for my technology. Two, I'm going to change my vernacular. I love virtual professional way better than virtual assistant. And yeah. I'm going to bring that home to our team. I love it. And I'm going to use it. And I think we should adapt, adopt and adapt to that. Yep. And then lastly, I would love for you to contact me if you don't believe or you have questions or you think I'm BSing you or something because yeah. I'm not paid to be here. I choose to be here. Becca at her group, B-E-C-C-A at herg, two G's, herggroup.com. I'm happy to talk with you more. Let you know what I can, let me, let us know what we can help you do um, or learn or whatever you need to know about real estate, our, our virtual professionals, whatever that is that I can help with. I'd be glad to do it. So thank you for having me and thank you for introducing four amazing, well, actually it's been more than four, but right now it's these four amazing people we have in our life. Yeah, it's my pleasure, Becca. Thank you again. And guys, um, we definitely do a, a consultation. I want to make sure you know that, and thank you, Becca, for offering that help. If you do an hour-long com conversation with us and you get like your systems, your process, we'll go through everything that you need in order to make it work. And then if you want to talk to Becca, I would definitely make that connection for you guys. And we just really- We've done it. We've done it. They're great. Those consultations are amazing. Well, what happens is we, we ask the question, how do you, how would you double your business yep. and who do you need on your team and what changes do you need to have in terms of systems and processes? That question changes your entire perspective as an entrepreneur. So um, definitely come and do those consultations. We love on our clients. We love on our people and we just like to be involved and help people scale and grow their businesses. Becca, thanks again for being here. We really appreciate you. My pleasure. Have a great day, everybody. Okay.